You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. This is your host, Mike, and I am joined today by Vlad. Hello. Austin. Hi. And, of course, Ariana. Hello. How's everybody doing? Um, I'm doing well. Yeah, good. Good day. Productive day. It's kind of a late hour for us to be recording, but we're all... We're all night owls. Yeah, I was going to say, so. I'm good, but tired? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a long day. It was a long day. It's, it's been a long, long week. week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jinx. I guess we have to say that as we, or be careful saying that when we're witches, right? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. People um, might protect too much. Yes, which is a, a brilliant segue to the topic of our podcast tonight. We are going to fill everybody in on uh, protection magic. Protection spells and some of the ideas and beliefs around protection as it would be uh, related to witchcraft. So should be should be a good topic. Lots of people are curious about this. Um, I know I personally see a lot on protection uh, magic, particularly in social media, you know, and I, I really it's, it's kind of become my belief or my experience that a lot of what we're seeing is information that is really primarily based on um Fear and insecurity, you know, either fear because people who are newer, perhaps, or maybe more experienced have been told, you know, that, I don't know, there are things out there that are going to get them or other witches that are going to get them. I mean, I, I've never really get, you know, like a clear story on exactly what it is they're trying to, to protect themselves from. So I don't just, know. It's just are... a lot of fear that I hear from a lot of people. And it's like, why? Who'd you piss off? Or what did you piss off? Yeah. I've done mm -hmm. nothing. Then why? It's, it's Hollywood, honestly. I mean, if we look at it every single time, and, not and just Hollywood though. It's it's it's, per, it's perpetuated yes. by Hollywood. Yeah. Because every single time you have a witchcraft movie, what happens if you don't cast a circle or if you're not doing your proper protections? The demon comes and gets you. It's perpetuated that way, and then you have teachers. Who continue to preach that um, as witches we we attract these types of things and yeah that's true but some of those spirits are probably spirits you want to work with instead of protect yourself from them another big factor I would say is religion as well mm -hmm. well especially people who grew up in the Christian do you Oh God! Abrahamic. Thank you. Abrahamic faith. Faith, um, you yes. know, because they have that Christian, like whole Judaism, fear of Islam. Like... Well, I also think there is a lot of misinformation out there. Yes. Uh, and it's people think people, people think that about. yes, and a lot of practitioners, new practitioners, uh, think they are being attacked by spirits or could be attacked by energies, spirit, demonic. Or, I don't know, whatever gibberish they're thinking about. Um, and, and that it's not right. There's no reason why. What would you think? Like Ariana said, would you piss off? Well, I think, it could also, yeah. I think it could also be exacerbated by the idea that this is supposed to be a beautiful, loving craft that's just constantly growing. And if it's uncomfortable then it's bad mm. because I can't tell you how many times I've had to remind just new witches in general that when you're growing in your body, it hurts. You have growing pains when you're growing in your craft and on your path, it hurts. 
there's growing pains. That doesn't mean you can protect from it. So are you saying that a lot of what is popping up in those initial stages or phases of witchcraft, that, that first period of development and, and learning, are you saying that a lot of the perceived negative things that are often attributed or that we often associate with like hexes, curses, being on the receiving end, like someone's crossed us, are you saying that a lot of those things are really primarily just just the perception of the witch? Perception. Like they could be creating a lot of their own trouble? Yes, perception and the hyper-awareness thereof. I mean, think about it. If you are someone who's never practiced witchcraft in their entire life, you read a book about spell crafting and stuff like that, and you open yourself to the idea that this is a thing, and you have that first real experience, the next time you get a flat tire because you ran over a nail, it's because someone sent something at you or you pissed off a deity instead of the mundane, which is, yeah, there's a nail in your tire. Yeah, I, I also want to add that I think this is also part of the growth, right? Mm -hmm. um, when you start practicing witchcraft, that, that, that seems to be kind of like the path and the road to learn. You know, first you start with protection, candle magic and protection magic, right? Mm -hmm. And again, it's based on what we are all talking about, fear. Fear of the unknown because you really don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And we, we talk about this quite a bit, right? Like, they're really, when you're looking at witchcraft as a, as a spiritual practice, as a path, as a personal path, you know, um, you really have to do everything you can to try to remove fear from that equation, right? Fear is really going to be the one thing that shuts us down more than any other. Yes. I think in, in really pretty much any spiritual tradition that, that would be worth pursuing, right? If you want fear, God, go back to church. Exactly. I think that's um, is one it, it's that is part of the root mm. of, of the problem that a lot of Christians when they move from Christianity to witchcraft, it's that fear of mm -hmm. again, the unknown. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So so general consensus, people overprotect. Yes, they do. Yeah. yeah. Well it's yeah. something so simple. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't you, you don't have to cast uh, uh, spells of protection for Every time you're going to do a spell, every week or every month, you, you don't have to do that. There are ways. i got to wear five pieces of jewelry of tourmaline. i got to have tourmaline oh, all over my house. Don't get me I gotta started on that. i got to have amethyst all over my house. i got to sage every day. Uh, like, all, all that nonsense. And it's just like, calm down. Clearly, if you have to sage every day, one, stop using sage. Mm -hmm. Two... Like, if it doesn't work the first day, it's not going to work the second day. <laughs> exactly. Sage does not protect you. Mm -hmm. Sage does not protect you. Yeah. Does sage protect you? No. Me? No. <laughs> no, he just said it didn't. <laughs> no. Oh. I think Austin's falling asleep here. But I thought it gets rid of the bad energy. Oh, that's the misunderstanding. I think, and that's another good point maybe to clarify. <laughs> clarify. Um, there is a difference between clearing space or purifying space and protecting space. I see that that same confusion, and I know I complain about salt a lot, but I see a lot of people, particularly people who are posting videos of their spell work on social media, and please don't do that. If you're listening to this podcast, please don't post videos of your spell work on social media. For one thing, just because that spell is something that works for you does not mean it's going to work for other people. For another thing... I can't think of uh, of an easier way if you should run into trouble 
you know, like particularly if you're on the receiving end of negative energy from another witch, to really put yourself in a position of danger by putting your work out there, right? You're like, like I know if, if I were for some reason, if I were an evil witch, and I'm not, I'm not. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. I'm totally an evil witch. But, um, but if I were, say, for some reason going to go after somebody and I got online to do a little bit of research about this person... And all I see is them posting, like, candle magic spells and making really pretty little spell jars. I'm going to know, like, this is probably going to be a pretty easy job. This person yes. probably is not going to be able to put up much of a defense because yes. this is what I know they're working with, right? Um, so, you know, consider that. Um, but, I, but I see these people doing this and they're putting salt in everything. And I'm like, salt is not going to protect you. Oh, my God. I, I hate the TV show Supernatural for this. Yeah, <laughs> because you've got all of these little like like fandom wannabe witchy witchies now that are like oh just put salt everywhere. It's like salt doesn't protect you. All it does is neutralize energy. It clears and neutralizes energy. So you know you gotta uh, think think of these things anyway. Well, that's that's the thing is you have people who are super uneducated who have been told that salt does this thing, and then you have all these different types of salt and. It's, it's very frustrating because I did a TikTok on this, God, months ago at this point. What's TikTok? <laughs> you, of all people, Michael, know what TikTok is. <laughs> um, but I did it. I did this and someone was like, well, they, they tried to argue with me and I'm like, it's, it's, it's salt. It grounds and nullifies energy. That's what it does. But what if I put intention into it? That intention's gone. But what if I put other things in it? Yeah. Energy's gone or contained. Well, and then you get the, you're a gatekeeper and you should just let people practice how they want to. To which my response is, you're right. I am a gatekeeper. And no. No, I will not. Like, no, we shouldn't let you practice the way that you want to if the way that you're going to practice is wrong. Because you're wasting your time. And chances are, you're probably, if you're on social media doing this kind of shit, you're probably telling other people to do it this way too, which means not only are you doing it wrong, you're encouraging other people to do it wrong. Exactly. And that's, that's, that's where gatekeeping is necessary, is people who have done this. One of the places. One of the places where it, we have done this for so long and we've done it and we, I, we see all this misinformation going out, all of it. And it's like, oh my God. And then the defense is always, everyone practices differently. Cool. Well, you're not inherent to any part, any tradition. So what's your tradition? Well, I'm eclectic. That tells me you have commitment issues. That's, a, that's another that's episode. Another, Let's talk yeah. about... We'll, we'll, we should, do, we should do an episode on eclecticism. So we've kind of talked um, about the bad and the don't do's. Yeah. But what are some things that you can do for protection? Yeah, I was going to ask. So, so you know, because we want to make sure that we don't just, you know, we're not we're not here just to give everybody the negatives. You Stop know? fearing. Stop doing what, this. Yeah. Stop so, this. all right. So, so everybody in this room is an experienced witch. So, who would like to maybe kind of volunteer or throw out like like a protection spell? What would you do? Like, you know, say something that would be accessible, easy for someone that would be very new to grasp, but also something that would be effective. You know, something that would also maybe be something that would be with very, you know, easily within the realm of more experienced practice. Does anybody have a particular working or type of protection spell that they really, like, like you kind of always go to? I do. Um, and it, it would be with wind chimes. 
Okay. I love wind chimes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, um, so I would definitely enchant a wind, uh, a wind chime. Okay. Uh, to protect, right, and, and guard my home. But at the same time, um, I use it to keep a barrier because of the sound, the vibration of the sound. So I use a lot of wind chimes in, 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 my, in my spells for protection. And again, this is more of a, I would call this more a ward. Okay. Than a spell. All right, yeah. yeah. Right? Um, obviously, it, it is a spell. Um, um, and I usually do it with fire, fire, smoke, uh, fire, smoke, and I love using, uh, garlic. Oh, okay. Garlic. All right. I love using garlic for this. And then I, when I say garlic, it's not, it's not that I take the garlic and, and just, you know, like dress or annoy the, the, the wind chime. No, it's more like burning garlic. Okay. To enchant it. Okay. All right. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this probably have probably never thought of using garlic as a burnable before. But that yeah, but good. yeah, but why not? Yeah, we love garlic, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. I was actually going to talk about my favorite protection. Yeah, go for it. What's your favorite protection? I like using braids of garlic, actually. <laughs> oh, you like using braids of garlic? <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. The okay. fact that we don't have braids of garlic in our home distresses me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we can remedy that. Um, I was like, like, are we, are we that Italian? I'm that Italian. Okay. So, well, I'm not Italian. Well, so in Italian, so so for me, a lot of the protection work that I do comes from my folk magic practices, um, tried and true methods, right? Uh, things that my ancestors did. And so, braids of garlic is one. I love using braids of garlic. Uh, what I'll usually do with that is I'll also add. Um, coins in it and as I'm adding the coins as I'm adding the coins <laughs> inside joke yes <laughs> yeah. um, as I'm adding the coins it's to protect the fortune of my home um, I'll add in sometimes I'll even make little uh, dolls or name papers and put it in the braids to protect the people in the home um, I'll weave in other things around it and maybe I'll anoint it with some oil. And then I'll usually just keep it either hanging in the kitchen, the heart of the home, or the or the main entrance. Um, that's one of my favorites from my Italian side. My um, southern root worker side, I actually really like using chicken's feet. Chicken's feet? Yes. Uh, <laughs> dry chicken's feet that you um, bless... Uh, bless and anoint and then you will paint them and decorate them and then you'll hang them um, at the entryways um, to your home uh, and depending on what type of protection you're doing you can do paint blue um, which will help keep spirits away negative energies negative spirits away or malicious spirits away I should say and or black which will just kind of make everything Kind of more scratchy claw. Yeah, so I, I like those ones, and then you can address, you can add feathers or crystals if you want. I don't put crystals on mine, and then basically you bless them and you keep them, keep them in your home to help protect. So do you know why haint blue is a thing that they put on people's porches? Why why that became a thing, in like like Appalachia conjure craft? Do you want to elaborate on that since you brought it up? Um. Why, why, why that is believed to work to prevent spirits from entering the home? 
I don't know. I just know my mama always used it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's because it believed that there are a lot of uh, old folk tales about how lost spirits, like uh, the unquiet dead, that mm-hmm. we would often oh. call them in our tradition, how they couldn't cross water. Okay. They couldn't cross water. And so the idea was if you paint, or painted your porch a particular shade of blue, um, that the spirits would potentially confuse that as water, and they would not be able to reach your door. That's kind of the idea. So I was thought like that, that that was such a, a cool example of how we see like all these these like folklore and all these you know mm. tales and things that come from like old world mm. old world traditions and how we see these kind of adopted into more modern kinds of practice i love yeah. that it's interesting that a lot of cultures have that where it's like spirits don't like water but isn't that actually like a good way to connect to yeah, yeah, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you look at the scene, well, and see, that, I think that's another good example of like like the difference between superstition and like legit witchcraft practice, mm-hmm. right? Because I know the witches in this room, and, and a lot of the other like you know like witches that we work with that we have respect you know as practitioners for, um, we you know we we can appreciate the superstition, but also realize that that's really all in essence that it is, right? And yeah, we we love to associate water with spirits. I think in our tradition, like, yeah, like that—that's you know. I mean, you my see... my mama did say that the reason why hate blue is a thing was because on the other side, it is like it's almost like camouflage. Oh, because colors are less vivid, and so having that hate blue that almost blends into backgrounds and stuff, she she was like, they just see that and they don't even recognize it as a dwelling place. Hmm. Okay. They see that as a place that is not there. Okay. And I'm like, all right. all right. So I like hearing the water fact. Mm-hmm. That's nice. I learned mm-hmm. something new. Anyway, moving on. Water with spirits talking. Sorry, I just had to throw that out there. Yeah, Ariana, right, what about you? What do you what do you like to do? Or what would you what would you suggest as a a, a simple and effective means of protection? Um, or a complicated means of protection. I mean, why not? We got an hour. I don't <laughs> have anything complicated. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> Um, for me, especially being a woman, uh, I used to have to work downtown and would have to walk from my car to my workplace a lot. So I would always picture this like shield bubble, shield bubble (laughs) around Mm. me. Okay. But I would picture that kind of having like spikes and if people got too close, I would just think of the word murder. (laughs) (laughs) and people would not even come close to me you'd see them heading straight towards me and then doing this whole like nope (laughs) to the side so so you you basically you you barb these people with your energetic sparks don't come close to me i mean the only ones unfortunately it doesn't really affect too easily are the ones who are extremely crazy and high off their ass Mm. like because they're not even here. Yeah, they're not, so, they're not aware anyway. Um, so. But for the most part, because unfortunately there is a lot of homeless people in downtown Salt Lake, like that was my way of like feeling safe for the most part. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, well, and that's a you... very good for protection is something that makes you feel safe. Because if you feel safe, you're less likely to give into fear, which will then help solidify your energy. Mm-hmm. So that process, like in visualizing, uh, say, a field of energy around yourself and using it in that way, would you say that could be something that somebody could do around like like a larger space, like a dwelling or a home as well? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. would just say like for beginners, it 
they might find it draining at first, especially if they're not doing it correctly. Well, and if they're not anchoring it to something. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, which which is probably a good place for me to jump in because I, I was going to say one of the one of the ways I like to work protective energies around my home is I like to anchor energy into the physical land. Like I actually like to go out and talk to the trees around my mm-hmm. home and, you know, and kind of like, you know, and, and, and of course there's a whole lot more that goes into this, you know, because you have to establish a relationship with those spirits. Yep. But, um, but you, you, in the process or after you've done that, you then, you know, you can kind of go out to these spirits and, you know, you make a small offering and you, you know, and you, you become at that point, I think kind of like, like we're a team, right? Like we both live here on this land, you know, and I'm going to do everything I can to protect this land. And, uh, you know, as, as another living spirit or entity in this space, you know, would you, would you work with me to do so? You know, and if you think of a tree, I mean, that's really kind of what they do, right? They've got roots that spread down into the earth. Yes. You know, that, that grip and hold things in place. They've got branches that spread up and into the air that really kind of like, you know, so they can see over things, right? Their perception of things that could potentially be harmful coming near your home is going to be quite a bit different. Um, which can also work well with the wind chime thing that Vlad mentioned yes. earlier. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I do that. I hang, I don't necessarily do wind chimes. Like I got wind chimes hanging around my house, but, um, but we'll, we'll tie bells into the trees yep. uh, around our home, you know, and, and it's kind of the same concept. Like every time that bell chimes, it's like, okay, like boom, here's the spell, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it can be a combination of, of, <laughs> of things. Uh, the tree that is uh, in my yard, I have wind chimes. Hanging yeah. from the tree, you know, it could be a combination of things, yeah. right? And 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 you, and even if you don't have a tree, you can actually connect to the land where your mm-hmm. home is placed. You know, where your home is, you can actually <coughs> make a relationship with that piece of the land. Yeah, you know, yeah. everything is possible. Yeah. Okay, so I'm 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 going to ask a silly question because of course I know that all of you have. But what do you guys think about the old concept of a witch bottle? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I think that, that there's that's something else that also seems to be oh. like there's there's confusion about <laughs> this. There's confusion no, it about this. It just reminds me I have the one from when I took your guys' class on that and I still haven't added the final You haven't added the final ingredient <laughs> the final I ingredient. think it's somewhere um, over there yeah, and I'm so, just I mean that's oops. something that's something that, that which is in, in many different cultures throughout, you know, God like the centuries, you know. I mean that's something that, that you know that a lot of witches have done, right? And I think there's, again, there's some confusion around what that really is. Um, does anybody want to elaborate or share on what what do you put in your witch bottle? Oh, come on. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. Right? Um, I'll go and try not to talk too much. Uh, broken glass. Rusty nails. Uh, okay. I will do fish hooks. I will okay. do tangled black threads. I will do... All manner of nasties. Um, I will put uh, aconite root in mine um, because aconite is very protective of witches, particularly witches who work with Hecate, um, just because it is Regina, uh, Regina Menachicum. Um It is what? Uh, in Cindy Cindy Brand's book, she refers to it as the Regina. Regina Veneficum or Maleficum? Maleficum. Yeah, I think it's Regina Maleficum. Yeah, Regina Maleficum, uh, which oh, is the Ma- queen of poisons. Maleficarum. Maleficarum. Regina Maleficarum, the queen yeah. of poisons. Yes. And oh. so I will do that, and then I will add my blood, um, and then I will add my urine. Okay. And other protective herbs sometimes too, but most of the time I'm going to put things in it that are going to 
be sharp, stabby, and snaggy. All right. Yeah, I I use nails, uh, glass if I have, uh, if I have thorns, it doesn't matter, you know, mm -hmm. from which plant, but the thorns yeah. of the plant. Uh, I will also add root. Okay. And a you know, not again, not in a specific root, but yeah. a, root, a piece of root yeah. inside. Um, um, uh, bodily fluids, yeah. not necessarily uh, urine. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh yeah, we have we have lots of bodily fluids, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that. Um, and I also uh spit on it. Okay. Yeah. I spit on it, and I also add a little bit of the dirt where I'm burying it. Okay. Nice. All right. Yeah. It's funny, you guys mentioned bodily fluids a couple of times, both of you brought that up, and um, I can't think of of a better way to really kind of, like, imprint our energy into a particular space, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you even think, like, animals. I mean, that's what the, what animals do, right? They go and yeah. they, they pee on something and they mark that territory. They're like, this is mine now, you know? Yeah. And I've done that in the past, too, around things that I've, like, you know, I've, I haven't necessarily felt I needed to protect it, but I've wanted to kind of, like, claim my territory, which I guess it is, in essence, kind of a type of protection, right? You're yeah. kind of showing other things like this is mine right you know and, and i've used urine i've gone out and i've i've you know i've i've put urine in the perimeter of of the properties that i've lived on and i've done things like that as well i guess protection magic can be kind of gross yeah we like I mean, the gross though right we like the gross i mean in traditional italian witchcraft and stregoneria you would the family the the where the matriarch lived there was always a hearthstone in the fire under in, in the fireplace you would lift up the stone and underneath there would be umbilical cords um from everyone in, who who's been in the family who's mm -hmm. in the family coven and then under there and it's protected by the hearth spirits yeah now with the witch jar where would you necessarily place that would you place that in the house out the, outside of the house and is there a specific direction it should be placed? I think different traditions are going to have different uh, ideas for that. Well, also circumstances. That, that's true. I mean, because you're, you're going to be now. Now you're going to be dealing with the situation with a lot of people who are living in maybe like you know like condos, apartments, townhomes, where there could really be an issue with you know like like you don't have a yard. But I mean, like traditionally, I think it was common to uh, you know bury something like that somewhere kind of squarely on the property, right? Where it was you know ideally close to the home, or but sometimes, sometimes even. In the house itself. Yeah, in the house. You know, we like, I, I mean, they find them sometimes in like old houses throughout Europe where they, they've actually like, they somebody has put a hole in the wall. Yeah, in the wall. And then has put the, the witch bottle in the wall and then has plastered over that hole. So you, no one would ever know. No one my would ever know. Is like Facebook posts where people are like, I found this in my yard and they just like start pouring it out. Yes. Like, what is this? Yes, what like, is this? Put that back in the ground. Yes, yes. And all the people that are in the know are like, oh my God, you just, you just uncorked a, a witch's bottle. Um, yeah, good luck. Um, yeah, but I've heard other things though too. I've also had uh, some traditions say that like it's better to actually put something like that further away from the home. I guess the idea is that you're, it'll catch the trouble before it gets closer mm -hmm. to you. Is kind of the idea with that. And so yeah, so and I you know I'm not trying to say you know any any of those methods is right or wrong. I think it's just again just a sign of different practices or different traditions. But uh, yeah. Also, is that a one and done, or is there multiple, or once again, is that it depends. I, which bottles? My my understanding is like once you once you create those, then you you bury those or you put those somewhere. Like that that's it. Yep. 
you know, and if you are living in a situation where for some reason you can't bury a witch's bottle in your yard, I would say, you know, maybe like try and like, if you have maybe a bigger house plant, yep, in bury, the house plant. bury it there or, uh, you know, it, you know, barring that, you know, maybe put it under something, you know, like tuck it in a dark corner somewhere where it's not really likely to be disturbed, you know, uh, because really once it's, once it's done and you're ready to go, I mean, you, you want to really, you really kind of want to leave it alone at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And when you leave, take it with you. Yes, yeah, if you move away from a space and you remember where you put it, yes, please go and dig it up and take it with you. Otherwise, you could potentially create trouble for the new tenants of that space. <laughs> or keep them really safe. Unless they open up. Exactly. There you go. There you go. Okay, I have, one, I have one specific thing I want to talk about because this is something else that seems to be an issue that is uh, greatly debated. But um, circle casting Oof. for protection. I can see people have some strong opinions about this. I'm, I'm, I'm among you. I'm among them. Okay, I want to um, start with this. Okay? okay. Yeah. So, if you have your altar, you have your home, and your working space, right? And you are, uh, you are a witch, a witch that you know what you're doing, right? Um, you already did your protections, your witch's jar or witch's bottle. Uh, you, 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 you have done, uh your warts at home. Why are you casting a, a, a circle for protection if you're already protected? Why? There is no need to. The only the only time that I would cast a circle is if I'm summoning something mm. or I'm trying to contain something. Not for protect not not for protection. So okay. at least that's my opinion. So it has more to do with keeping something in a particular space yes. than yeah. keeping something yeah. out of a space. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm again not hating. You can I'm hate. Not... You can hate here. <laughs> you can hate here. You know, but you know, I, I don't need to cast a spell, uh, uh, a circle, mm. every time I'm going to do something. First of all, I'm not wicked. Second, second, that's dumb. <laughs> yeah. As a waste of time, waste of, waste of energy, because you're already protected. If you if you did your job, if you did your work, mm -hmm. you're already protected. You don't need to do that. You don't. Okay. Period. Speaking of <laughs> Wiccans, Austin. <laughs> I understand that Wiccans, you know, circle casting is a common thing in Wiccan practice. and But I understand that their purpose, they say, their purpose for casting a circle is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Can you give us an example like like how would someone from a wiccan background and i realize you're not wiccan now i'm a lapsed wiccan you're a lapsed wiccan um but <laughs> but why would within that particular religion because that's what it is now um what, 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 what benefit what benefit would circle casting have again are, focusing on protection are are we are we talking traditional wicca or modern day wicca oh uh, let's go traditional okay so traditional Wicca, a circle casting is the setting up of your temple space, and it is much more elaborate than what people nowadays think. It's not just everyone assumes that hailing to the guardians of the watchtowers, blah 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 blah, <laughs> bullshit, um, is a circle casting. That is but one facet. Uh, in traditional Wicca, a circle casting is you, you cast a circle for protection. Now, the thing is, is in traditional Wicca, you're supposed to do as much of the rites as possible outside. 
because Wicca is a pagan religion. Pagans worship the earth. If you're a witch, can you be a pagan? Yes. But if you're a witch, does that automatically make you a pagan? No. Just like as a Wiccan, you are a pagan. You cannot be Christian and Wiccan. You cannot be a monotheist polytheist. That does not work. Moving on. So all the rites are performed outside. So the idea is that by casting a circle, you are creating a in-between space where you can better call and harness the energies and powers and deities and spirits that you're working with. Um, so you're creating a portal, a doorway, an opening. Okay. So it really, in that situation, it really isn't even about protection. No, though it has been turned into it. It is Ew. used... To, it's about protection in the sense that you are creating a boundary between the physical world and your magical working world. So that the physical world will not interfere with your magical world. Hmm. Um, now, I I will say that when a circle is cast properly, things do things do happen. So you will actually see some people will actually see the, the instant smoke actually moving around the circle, being contained. Mm -hmm. um, some people will see that the temperature in the circle is actually higher or lower, depending on what what you're doing and what you're working with. And some people will actually say that they have seen that the individual who's cast a circle has almost come out of focus if they're in the empty circle. So there are lots of things that, you, that we see when that happens. And it is used for protection. But as we move into modern day Wicca and modern day traditional witch practices, circle casting has become so superfluous. And I'm telling you this right now. In my traditional Wicca days, I did not cast a circle when I was going to do a spell. Circle casting was for rituals, rites, the the sabbats, the turning of the wheel. Um, it was used to contain the energy you're raising therein so that you can create almost a compounded energy so that when you release it, there's some force behind it. Mm. Okay. So that is my understanding of circle casting as a traditional Wiccan when I was a traditional Wiccan. Right. Now, there are many, many steps to traditional Wiccan circle casting, and it is not just, I am drawing a circle on the ground. Please don't do it with salt. That's not how that works. It, it's a whole shindig. It is. It's quite a bit. As as is often the case, the Wiccans really... Uh, they re extra. Really, 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 yeah, they, they're, they're very extra with just about everything. The real do. Wiccans. <clears throat> um I think that a lot of the circle uh, casting stuff that really you find in, in Wicca, though, traditional Wicca, really primarily was a lot of what was appropriated by Gardner from other high well, magic ceremonial practices. Well, that's course. really so much of what Wicca is. Wicca is, a, is, an, um, is an appropriation and a misappropriation of other various cultures, including indigenous cultures. So I want to talk really briefly about a concept that you're going to find in our own tradition, but also in a lot of other more traditional witchcraft practices. Not Cochranecraft. Um, no, not Cochranecraft. I'm talking stuff that goes back prior to Cochranecraft. Um, but... I want to talk about the concept of pristine nature, what we call in our tradition pristine nature, which is basically the belief or the understanding that unless you know something bad has happened within a particular area, unless you know that something harmful dwells within a particular area, um, more often than not, it is safe to assume that you are free or, or that it is okay to work ritual and spells within that area, right? 
Like, I don't understand this concept. Like, even you were just referring to Wiccans going out into nature to work their rituals, right? And, mm. you know, and it's been my experience more often than not that when I'm out in nature, that that seems to be a fairly neutral space, really, most mm-hmm. of the time. The only time I've ever been out in nature and I've come across a bad energy is if I if I if something bad has happened to that mm-hmm. particular area, that land, like, you know, like maybe there's been a crime there or, mm-hmm. you know, usually more than one, or if there, you know, there's been something, or, you know, or unfortunately a lot of people will go out into the wild spaces now and they will disrespect that land. Mm-hmm. They will do things that deliberately anger the spirits of that land, you know, and then yes, those spirits are angry. Mm-hmm. When you go to those spaces, if you were at all sensitive, you will feel that anger. Yeah. You will feel that upset in those spirits. And yes, then I'd be like, okay, uh, you know, I probably don't want to work energy here or i know that if i'm going to do that rather than maybe focusing on protection i need to do something maybe to kind of appease those spiritual energies so in wicca when you're going out to nature and you're going to do the circle casting the circle casting is to protect from outside influences but it's outside influences that would be attracted by your magic that could be potentially malevolent however the act of casting a circle is creating a doorway between the world so you're actually opening up that space for those other spirits to come through and potentially communicate with you. Okay, well, I'm not talking about Wiki anymore, okay? I'm, I'm talking about this this understanding or, again, kind of a, a more old school or a more traditional view of the world. You yes, know, I was just I clarifying think, something I think, again, there's, there's this very, and again, I want to say it seems to be a very Christianized kind of an idea that we are, as humans, that we are, like, you know, like, we are, are evil and that we are born of sin and i think that christianity does the same thing to our world it's like the world itself is also an evil place you know and there are nothing but malevolent spirits and demons lurking in every shadow Mm -hmm. waiting waiting to jump us at every opportunity Mm -hmm. and i think because of that again that's something else this idea that kind of lives somewhere in the back of our our psyche in our collective consciousness um something that kind of has a lot of us thinking that everywhere we go is already filled with malevolent energies or things yeah, that will uh, be there. Trust me, you're not that important. Yeah, and, and, and well, I think I'm important. Well, yes, but as as a practitioner, you're not that important that it's going to draw the attention of these malevolent energies. If you're going out into nature to do a oh god, a, a money spell, no demon's going to be like, "Oh, hey, there's my boy." I'm going to say, don't go, don't go out of nature to do a money <laughs> spell, okay? Like, doing a money spell in a forest is really, I think, going to be kind of counteractive. Like, yes, I'm aware. To do a money spell in the parking lot of your bank, that makes much more sense. Yeah, so I'm glad will, you're trying to say something. Yeah, I, I was going to say that also the, what, what's going on with all this and, and, and what you're talking about, it's like when we go outside to nature to do any kind of workings, right, we tend to impose our presence there, mm-hmm. right? So you got to realize that even if you're a, a, a witch, you are not the only magical spirit that is walking among, among that forest, mountain, wherever you at, mm-hmm. right? So when you are going to nature, you need to communicate to the spirits of the land. Yeah. Or the ocean, or the river. River it doesn't matter where you at. Mm-hmm. You need to communicate with those spirits before you do any kind of workings, because what happens when you get a visitor, a a, a, a spirit that start visiting you? Then everybody, like I, I'm seeing everybody doing, oh protection. Mm-hmm. You're doing the same thing to them. Yeah. You are imposing your presence, your spirit to nature 
without even asking or bringing a, a, a gift yeah. or an offering. So you got to create a relationship. Like Austin has said many times before and how I say it too in related to herbs, you need to connect to the spirit of the plant. Mm -hmm. You need to connect to the spirit of the plant. If you need to connect to the spirit of the plant to actually work with the plant or the herb, you need to connect to the spirit of the land and nature to be able to do your workings in nature. Yeah, that's a good I'm point. I'm also going to go back on some other things. Do not use salt to create a circle in nature or just in general. It hurts Don't things. Use salt because it damages to be done. nature. You know, and then are you going to pick it up? No. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, you can't. Yeah, we do need to be more conscientious about the things that we're we're doing when we're we're working. So I have seen pictures of people who do rituals outside and they use plastic flowers and they don't pick up after themselves. Uh, it yeah. is frustrating. Yeah, let's just say it this way: if with your practices you're hurting earth and you're mm -hmm. hurting nature, mm -hmm. your practices suck. And Your practices are wrong. And yeah. they're not working. They're not going to work. Beyond that, you're going to have spirits that are probably going to be extremely angry with you. And then you then you definitely are going to need protection. Um, which actually kind of leads me to another thing I want to talk about. Okay, so we've talked a lot about, you know, some of, some of the, others, the other things. I want to talk about, like, what are, based on your experiences and your, and your knowledge, all of you, you know, what are situations where you, you would need protection? So I'd already kind of mentioned one earlier. Um, but can you give us like more, like for, in, for instance, like when would you see that protection magic would be like, like I need this, I should be doing this. Well, going back to a couple of our podcasts ago, if you're in a witch war and you know you're in a witch war. Yeah. Witch wars. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to say this is a, and for me, this is a general one, right? Uh, the only reason why I think I would need protection is because you got to understand that there are spirits everywhere. Mm-hmm. And we are witches. Yeah. So we are going to attract those spirits. And not all spirits are nice. That I, I didn't. I said nice. I didn't say that they're evil. Mm -hmm. Right. Some spirits yeah. are not nice. Yeah. And there are tricksters. There are there are spirits that are gonna make you feel drained. And basically, my protection, the main one, is for that, to contain the spirit to enter in my home. Okay. And obviously, I have protection. But it's, again, a ward that I have there that I don't need to recast over and over again. Uh, in case somebody is foolish enough to try to attack me. Yeah. Well, I, just, I was laughing as you were talking just because I realized most of the times I end up protecting myself is when I know I'm going to be around humans, especially humans I don't know. Mm. I fear humans more than I fear spirits. Yeah, that's 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 fair. Yeah, it is fair. Kind of with you on that one. Yeah. I I do protection work um, or, or protection magic um, when I feel I'm going to be dealing with a potentially harmful situation. Uh, or if... So there's forethought. You know or anticipate that yes. there could be something dangerous. Yes. Okay, all right. So example. Um, I have done lots and lots and lots of house clearings and cleansings and blessings in my day. And, uh, there was one in particular where I just had this feeling. One of my guides was just telling me like, Hey, you need to, 
you know, up your, up your shield game, up your ward game today. And I was like, okay. So I get over to this house. Um, and I was not told this prior. Um, and I was actually dealing with a possession. And I watched this eight year old boy throw his 300 pound bodybuilding father across the room and, uh, with, with one hand. And I had upped all my wards and my protections that day. I had set really hard boundaries. Um, and I was like, oh, this is why. And then in the midst of performing the, the rights that I needed to perform to, to help this child and this family, um, this thing actually tried to attach to me. And it couldn't. It got through and then I decided I was going to take it home with me. And then it couldn't make it through my wards and just slowly was shredded into nothing as it went through all the layers of my home. So that would be a prime example. If I go anywhere to do a house clearing or anything like that, I will usually just kind of re-up my wards or, or my shields on myself just because you never know what you're going into. Um, okay. It's just a good little practice. And once I get there and I'm kind of walking around and I get the feel for it, yeah, I, I will still keep them up and be alert, but I'll soften a little bit. And Walmart. Have you, have, have you noticed Walmart. something? <laughs> have you all noticed something? Hmm. None of us said demon. Yeah? None of well, us. None of it. us. You just said it. You yeah, said I know, it. but we do not say, we did not say, oh, for protect from demons. Yeah. We need to protect ourselves from demons. Those demons yeah. don't give a fuck about us. I do know. You, do you, you, you just mentioned a situation you went to with, where you were dealing with a situation or uh, an incident of, of possession, but this wasn't a demonic spirit in this instance. This was one of those instances, actually. This is this this was what I had to do for my third initiation. Um, okay. Okay. All right. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay. All right. I need, <laughs> I need more info on this. Okay, because. I, you know, I don't really do the whole demonic possession, at least not as, as it is depicted in Hollywood and by Christianity. So do you want to elaborate on this particular spirit? It, it was a, it was an entity that had attached itself to this child, um, through means of abuse and trauma from his blood father. And, um, on top of that, once the mother and father had actually, well, the mother and stepfather at this point, um, stepfather got custody, they all got custody, they left, um, this other individual, the, the, the male, the, the guy was actually, actually actively working magic and ritual to send something at this family. And because the child was the youngest and the most vulnerable at that point, it attached itself to him. So it wasn't possession in the movies like where there's pea soup and people's heads are spinning around or anything like that. Mm. But it was most definitely... So it was a curse. Yes. Yeah. So this wasn't really demonic possession. It was, was a possession, through, a, but through a curse. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Or, or, but that also that entity could have been... Any of a number of parasitic entities. It was more than parasitic. It was more than parasitic. It was... You've dealt with demonic entities. Yeah. And you've dealt with demonic entities. Yes, I Most have. of the time, they give no... No shits. They don't really care about humans. They don't really want to be bothered. Um, this was a pact that had been made. Okay. 
with the other individual with with the with the blood father um and so it was fulfilling its end of the pact okay mm-hmm. so it was almost like a contract with yes okay but again this would be i think based on some of the details that you just shared and that's and i, I don't want to elaborate on that anymore that's not what we're here to talk about today um but based on the details that you just shared it would seem to me like this this would really typically be a a, a more rare kind of occurrence yes, very right? rare, yeah. like there like there aren't just demonic spirits oh god crawling no. out of the woodwork to possess no, people there and, and interfere with our lives no no not. there are not no this was a very special circumstance okay all right well thank you for another sharing. reason not to piss off other witches it, very true yeah yeah yeah, just, yeah yeah don't don't pick fights with with witches mainly because most of the time you may not have a clear idea who it is you're dealing with and you don't know what they're capable of yeah and even a broken clock is right twice a day that's true even witches that normally fuck it up are, are bound to to get it right once in a while and you don't want to be the one time they get it right um all right let's let's switch gears let's get to uh to the last couple segments of our of our podcast and walmart and walmart i protect in walmart what i protect myself from walmart oh well yeah i mean but again i think that goes back to what ariana was saying that's like protection against the living right it's like <laughs> yeah what, yep. is, what was she saying that book don't you i never trust the living isn't that what she says in beetlejuice never yes. trust the living and i'm like yes that's good advice um what are we loving about witchcraft right now myself <laughs> okay that's fair that's fair you are witchcraft and it's good to love yourself so that's that's a that's a fair answer I am loving, I'm loving the current surge as much as it can be irritating to me. I'm loving the current surge of new witches, of people who are getting really into it. And I I love having people coming into the shop um, asking, you know, well, I want a couple books on witchcraft. And my initial response is, okay, well, do you want witchcraft or Wicca? And they ask, what's the difference? And then I tell them, they're like, oh yeah, no, I don't want Wicca, I want witchcraft no so Wicca, give me the witchcraft yeah okay. and so so i i'm liking I, I i like seeing that i like seeing that there is some good traditional witchcraft that is that is coming about i i, I like seeing some of the new authors that are coming about some of the new books i mean there's the new book uh what is it the joy of hex the power of hex the power of hex that just came out i can't remember the author's name is it is it patty Wigg- wigginton no I that's not so. it that's not it is it okay. i don't know Okay. We should yes, please use what we should have these these noted somewhere so that we're so, dropping valid or, or so good I'm loving references. that and I'm I'm also loving the resurgence of Dorothy Morrison's Utterly Wicked. Mm. Okay. How about you, Mike? What are you loving in witchcraft? Oh so hard to love something. I you know, I struggle with that. You know, I think I, I tend to be a bit of a pessimist. I'm a cynical person by nature, and when when you ask me what it is I like I struggle with that. You know, I can give you 10 things I Sean don't Engel like. Sean Engel is the power of Sean Engel? Engel. Okay. okay. E-N-G-E-L. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, I'm I'm actually, you know, I have noticed, and, it, and it's, uh, I've noticed, sorry, dead air. I've noticed uh, that c- concepts like critical thinking and uh, weighing or measuring the the balance between the metaphysical and the mundane is something that does seem to be a bit more on people's minds right now. You know, um, I'm not saying for everyone because, oh my goodness, I still have conversations with people who just can't quite get it. But but I have noticed that 
um, when those conversations come up a bit more, more, uh, more practitioners, particularly newer practitioners, are more available for that talk. Like people are actually like, you know, like, oh yeah, I do need to probably apply, apply critical thinking to this situation. Oh yeah, I do probably need to not be trying to fix every tiny mundane detail of my life with magic. You know, and so, and I'm very happy to see that because I think um, that too often people get involved in witchcraft looking for, what is it they look for, Ariana? What is it people look oh. for? Oh, <laughs> there is no easy button in witchcraft. There you go. I was like, I was like, oh my God, she's going to let me down. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> yes. They, we, they get involved in witchcraft looking for things that are going to like fix serious mental health issues or fix, you know, uh, sometimes multi-generational patterns of trauma in families and, and, you know, and even in their own interpersonal trauma and, you know, and, um, magic's not going to do that for you. It can be a good assist, um, you know, but, uh, you know, but I, I'm noticing more and more that people are realizing like, oh yeah, like, you know, I need to be more holistic. I need to also balance the mundane aspects of my life. So I'm liking that. Hmm. How about well, you, Ari? What are you liking or loving in witchcraft? Yes. Um, something specific? Uh, oh dear. <laughs> I did not think of this one. Ariana well, loves well, nothing in witchcraft. Well, <laughs> while you think of that one, you, you, you kind of say some, said something that, that I think, uh, also goes to shadow work. And that's, I think that is something that I'm actually loving about witchcraft. Okay. You know, that a lot of people are kind of interested in learning about shadow work. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm loving that one. I think that's good because that's an integral part of witchcraft. I'm yeah. hating that light workers think that they're doing it. I Ugh. guess I would say, like, I don't know, I've noticed the community growing more because you kind of said that too. This, like, you know, new witches coming in and stuff. Mm -hmm. But even then, like, not just, I guess, new witches, but just, I don't know people like finally coming out of the woodworks and they're like, Oh, I just, I actually really want to reach out to people who do the same thing I do. Mm. And I think that's really great. And then, you know, people actually making those connections, not just like, hi, bye. It's I, more like, hi, I want to actually connect. That's been something that has been really awesome, particularly with teaching my awakening the witch class is there's this, now this small network of people who have all either seen each other online or seen each other in class or vice versa and have really gotten a feel for like community and they're actually talking to these other people. I mean, I, I would, I would have never guessed that this student of mine and this student of mine who look like they're from two completely different walks of life have decided that they want to practice tarot on each other. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. I'm not even teaching tarot in the class. And so that's, that's been really, really cool is seeing that a little bit of community and a little bit of. I think those two students are doing that because Tabitha asked them to do that. Cause Tabitha... oh, I'm talking about other, uh, not those two students. Oh, there are oh, other okay. Two. oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Cause, cause I, I think, I'm... cause those, because there are two students in your class that are also taking Tabitha's tarot class. Yeah, and, I know. And she did give them a homework assignment to study with each other. Okay. Well, I, I have right. students online. I have students online who've never met each other in person who have decided that, oh, it would be cool if we like actually exchange something. So I, I like seeing that because it makes me, makes me have a little bit of hope for the community because <laughs> there's not much of one. I don't have it. You have no hope for the community? Well, I do have it. I, 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 I'm just, 
I'm not a negative person because I'm not a negative person. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I think that you're I'm a negative, pretty... You're you're realistic. We're realists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's just that this... By the gods, so much drama. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But thanks, TikTok and Instagram and... Well, that's just human nature. Yeah, Everything else. That, you're going to find that in any subculture. Who's one this is what This is exactly what I mean when I say that you as a witch should have a different set of morals. Mm-hmm. Right? Because... This is gonna sound. I'm. I'm. I'm not being entitled, and I. It's not that I. That that I'm arrogant, but there is. There is a moment when you're practicing witchcraft that, at least for me, I don't feel so much like a human anymore. Okay. You know, in yeah. in the sense that my humanity is does not rule my life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is the yeah. witch okay. that rules my life? So in a better sense, I'm, of the witch. I'm actually maybe half human, half witch then. But okay. no, because I'm a freaking witch. Okay. My dad always did tell me I was half alien on my mother's side. Oh. Your mother's <laughs> not the Aquarius. That makes so much sense now. She's a Gemini. Oh. Uh, Geminis are, are, are great. <laughs> we are masters of the universe. Yes. Um, what are okay. we hating witchcraft? What's going on? What trends wants, are we hating? Who wants to go first? What should we shit on today? If you're not a witch, don't pretend to be a witch. That's the first thing that I want to say. If you're not a witch, don't pretend to be a witch. Someone brought something up today, and I've heard this with tarot. The whole, like, you can't buy your own tarot deck. Bullshit. You have to get it gifted to you. Well, except, actually, she said it in a very weird way. They were looking at tumbled stones, and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna get this for this person." And they're like, "Oh no, like they have to buy that." And I'm like, "No, like you can't." <laughs> okay. Are you not allowed to gift people anything? Like it was very strange, but it was like everything she kept picking up. She's like, "So is this okay to give to people?" And I'm like, "Where are you hearing this nonsense that you can or cannot give someone something?" That sounds familiar like, because someone came into the shop in the last couple of days and they made the comment that they wanted to purchase a particular stone, um, but they hadn't gotten the message from the stone that they were allowed to purchase it yet. Uh-uh. And I'm like, that is the craziest lightworker bullshit I have ever fucking heard. Like, it's a stone. If you want to buy a piece of that stone, just buy one. You know, ideally make sure it's been ethically sourced. But, you know, but buy the stone if you want to buy the stone. I'm wondering if that's, I wonder if that's the, the same mindset. Because, yeah, I'm, like, wondering, like, what, where is yeah, this? Like, like, who told you you couldn't have this? Yeah. Yeah, well, another thing that I want to, that I'm hating and not liking, um, going to shadow work, right? If you're doing shadow work and you create a shadow journal, it's not for putting beautiful and fluffy thoughts. Oh no. Oh, well I guess like I did it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go home right now and I'm gonna burn all of my Lisa Frank shadow journals. <laughs> with Can the I rainbow with the rainbow unicorns. <laughs> yes, and, and well the reason why I'm saying it, a shadow journal is should be. Should be a dark journal. Right? It should be a dark journal. And I'm seeing a lot of people saying no but what makes you happy? What, 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 what is the joy of your life? Uh, uh, that is 
kind of like gaslighting. That sounds like to me. That sounds like a vision board. Man. Yes. Ew. So no, uh, a shadow journal should be should be made with your emotions, darkest emotions, and the things that you need to work with, not to make you feel yourself better. Yeah. Well, you don't need to work on the positive stuff, right? Exactly. Like, if you've got something in your life that's happy, why the hell do you need to work on that? You well, know, so, you're going to oh, want to look on the, the things that aren't happy. It's the love and light toxicity of just love and light, love and light, love and light. Not the everything is fucking love and light. How, like, about, yeah. how about light and love? Light no. and love. How about darkness and despair? Some, sometimes I want to punch someone in the boob. Like... <laughs> yes, we're all covering our boobs. <laughs> Um, don't punch. Don't do a hit. Don't do a hit. You know, but again, don't that be is, dumb. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Again, that 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 is one of the things that I'm not liking. Yeah, you know, because it's definitely well, as someone who does a lot of of you know work within kind of that arena. You know, you do a lot of work with like shadow work. You know, for your clients, you talk a lot and teach a lot about shadow work. I mean, you know that that's that's fair because to me that would. That would that would be a very personal thing for you as a teacher, as a facilitator yes. for that work. You're like you're like the, I'm seeing that there are okay. trends and mindsets out there that are, are really kind of putting out false information, and and it's and hindering and the it's, real process. Yes, and is what is going to happen is what you were expressing today in your in your videos on TikTok. Hmm. People are going to feel, oh, I cannot do this. Yeah, I'm not able yeah. to do this. Yeah, I'm blocked to this. Yeah. No, you're not. It's just that you're doing it wrong. And you're not being prepared to face basically your inner demons that are that are you, yeah. right? You're not you're not strong enough. You are not prepared enough. So obviously you cannot do it because you are just throwing flowers at your shadows, and that's not the way it is. It's not oh my shadow needs to love me, and I need to love my shadow. No, that's bullshit. No, you need to face it. You need to feel it. And you need to embrace it at the end. Yeah. You were going to say something, Austin? I was going to say... Austin's going to speak? <gasps> I was going to say... Do you know what is something? I know. I'm interrupting you. <laughs> uh, but we need to find some buttons so when we do jokes like this, mm -hmm. you know, we, we can just like... <laughs> or... Bum, bum, bum. Exactly. Okay. We promise not to interrupt you again. Okay. So what, I was so what going were you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to, I, I was going to say how um, I've been finding it increasingly irritating. Um, how apparently every psychic is a medium now. Or anyone out there who has feelings is a medium. It's really irritating. As someone who is a real medium, I'm like, I talk mm -hmm. to deaf people. And then they're like, well... I do mediumship, but with tarot cards. I'm like, that. you read tarot. No, I'm a medium. No, you're a card reader. Mm -hmm. You're practicing cardomancy. I, I had a client the other day who, who came to me because she wanted to see a medium. Mm. She sat down to which she wanted to ask me questions about a guy. And I was like, am I, is this guy dead? And she... No, it's about my current relationship. So, do you not want to talk to your dead people? No, I need you to ask them about him. <laughs> your dead people don't give two shits about who you're sleeping with. 
They don't fucking care. There you go. They're dead. And so I'm sitting here and I'm like, like resisting the urge to just grab my tarot deck, my tarot cards. Or actually what I want to do is I'm not the reader for you. You need a reading. You don't need a mediumship session. You need to go in and see our psychic who's on shift today. And it was just so frustrating to me because it wasn't it wasn't getting through through her head. And so not every psychic is a medium. And then there was someone else in the shop who was just talking about, oh, are they seeing the medium? No. Our reader today is a tarot card reader, so a medium. No! There is a difference. There is yep. a difference. And just, just because we all are psychic does not mean we're all mediums. And it's very frustrating. I, I always have to do the spiel at our seances where it's like, your dead people aren't, if they're miserable when they're alive, they're miserable when they're dead. They're not going to cross over and they're not going to be this filthy thing. I saw this person on TikTok talking about how if there's never a medium who tells you your spirits don't want to talk to you, then they're a fraud. And I'm like, no, that's probably your real fucking medium. Because I'm telling you right now, most spirits, if they don't want to talk, they're going to go, nah. Yeah. True true, true mediums are actually more rare than people think. They're, I, I yeah. say that to people a lot. But it, people who are truly working as mediums are, are actually very rare. I can't tell you how many times I've had someone sit down with me and be disappointed because they wanted to talk to their grandma, their nana, who died when they were 13. This is a 50-year-old woman now. And... I just want to talk to her. I miss her so much. And I'm like, she's already like reincarnated. Yeah. She's like, she, gone. She is gone. Yeah. Well, that's not what this other medium told me. Cool. Then go see the other medium who's going to feed you bullshit. Cause that's not going to be me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's yeah. fair. Also, please don't bring rowdy children into metaphysical shops who put their nose on the fucking door and blow cherries in the middle of a pandemic and then run around. Blow cherries? Yes, they... Oh, the glass oh door. raspberries. And then, okay. and then, sorry, raspberries. <laughs> and so, and I'm sitting here trying to run a shop, bagging all these I'm things. Here and this child, all the thing. This blow yeah. cherries. Oh, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> what kind of what slang are you young people using these days? And, and this oh, child wow. is just running around, and and there's other children in the shop who are just perfectly well behaved, and I'm just like, what is wrong with your child? What is wrong with your child? And so finally, I parented this child. And the, the mom was like, well, I was, I was like, not doing anything about it. Yeah. It's not like we have things that are breakable in our shop. It's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say as, you know, as, as a metaphysical shop owner, it's probably not a good idea to bring children under the age of five into a metaphysical store. Mainly because it's boring for them. There really isn't much in the shop that they can play with. And trust me, we don't want them running around, particularly in the middle of a pandemic, putting their sticky fingers all over. Everything. Not are the opposite. Shinies are everywhere. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, but yeah, but they're not the kind of shinies that you're probably going to want to want to buy for a toddler, right? These are this is like a sixty dollar crystal, and you know, yeah. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, people people need to use a little bit of sense, I think. But uh, yeah, it's good, very frustrating. Good luck with that. So. I've, I just, I want to bring up something I've noticed, and, and this happened today through some interaction that I had with another person in the pagan community. And I say pagan because this person is a pagan, okay? But some witches are pagans, or I should say maybe most witches are pagans, but most pagans are not witches. Yes. There is a difference between paganistic practice and 
witchcraft, okay? The lines certainly blur, okay? But there, there, there's confusion there. I, and again, like I said, I had some interaction with somebody earlier today and there was a big misunderstanding around what we were basically arguing about over a component of, of like, like what I consider and what most other traditional witches I'm familiar with consider an integral part of witchcraft practice. And this person is like, no, that's not true. That doesn't apply. And through a course of, you know, you know, reasonable, calm adult conversation. Yes. You know, which is what it was. There was no screamer, screaming or shouting this time. No blood was shed. Um, but anyway, through through a course of conversation, it became very clear to me that, that the reason that this person was really kind of misunderstanding what I was saying is that they're not a witch. They're a pagan, you know, and they, they identify, they call themselves a witch. But then when you ask them, you know, through conversation again, like, well, what is it that you do in your witchcraft practice? And it's like, okay, well, you don't... I light some candles you, and you, I call the goddess. You don't do anything that witches do. You are a pagan, you know? And so, you know, and again, I understand there will be people who will hear me say this. You know, I've said this before, and there are always people out there who disagree. And yeah, you're right. It's not my place to try to police everyone else's definition of what is or isn't a witch. But if you are not practicing witchcraft, you are not a witch. You are a pagan. Then maybe we should give... A definition on what is witchcraft all right okay do you right. have one well we can all give our opinions on this because I like probably that. you know okay. we all have come from different backgrounds so right yeah to me witchcraft is actually that a craft meaning i get my hands dirty yeah. right i create things i make things happen that's it's what it is witchcraft it's not sitting oh. down closing my fingers and saying um it's not calling on the angels. It's not raising my vibration. That's not witchcraft. Witchcraft is the craft, meaning that you work, you carve, you create, you anoint. It's actually a craft. It's like, I don't know, creating a vase okay. from scratch. I would, I would agree. I mean, I and, and to add to that, I, I would say that I think that true, true witchcraft practice, witchcraft is something that is also, I think, um, very personal. I think, you know, I think that's one of the things that I've noticed distinguishes witches from pagans is pagans by and large seem to still adhere to those very old ideas. You know, like my ancestors used to celebrate this holy day, you know, like, yeah, oh, like, 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 going like, to, oh, like, like going to, uh, Stonehenge. Yeah. Or like, well, yeah, I mean, that's a perfect example. Like a star is coming up, you yeah. know, closer to the end of the month, right? Like a star is like, I think about a week away now. And, you know, and pagans love their Sabbaths. Pagans love their, their solstices and their equinoxes, you know? And I'm not saying that witches don't also have things that we, mm -hmm. they do to acknowledge those days. But the reason that most pagans acknowledge those days is because of those were originally acknowledged by fertility cults that go back like hundreds of years, many of them, you know, like, and when I say cults, I'm not talking like, you know, drink your Kool-Aid kind of cults, you know, I'm talking like, you know, the practices of people just, you know, from lots of different cultures around the world, you know, like just, just, this was the belief, this was the spiritual practice, but yeah. those commonly accepted spiritual practices for those, even those more primitive cultures, those weren't witchcraft, witches were still on yeah. the outside of those practices, which is still deliberately chose to turn away from 
what everybody else in the village was doing. Yeah. That was, that was an inherent part of, of witchcraft and, and why those people were very often labeled evil or heretics is because they, that they were doing something else, you know? And so, so I see that pagan, that that's another component or another big difference is that witches are very often, we're, we're really, we're kind of off in mm -hmm. the dark doing our own thing. Well, I mean, I had that conversation with one of my students. Well, what do you do for Ostra? I don't, I don't celebrate that. Let me guess, they had the whole does not compute. Yeah, and it was like, uh, uh, oh. Yeah, they can't fathom that every witch out there doesn't run their their will of the year by the Wiccan calendar or something. By it's the, like, by, yeah. It's like, or it, the Celtic one. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and even then, most of the Sabbaths that, quote unquote, witches and pagans uh, work today or honor today are not even real. Example, Mabon. Mabon is not a real sad. Oh my god, like half the Wiccan community just decided to, to hex you just there. Uh, they can't, and ye harm none, you're, do you're, as that will. You're an anti-Mabon-er, anti huh? Uh, hmm. The Mabon is actually the name of a Gaelic deity, but for some yeah. reason it's, you know, become a holiday. Um, so, but yeah, um, witchcraft to me is very similar to what Mike and Vlad said. Um, witchcraft to me is utilizing utilizing and working with the spirits um whatever spirits those may be um internally and externally to affect change in in the world around me as well as myself whether that be through growth healing hexing or the like yeah okay i'll take it what about you ari how would you define witchcraft as a practice separate from paganism or would you because you're sitting here and you're like, I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe Ari disagrees with me. How dare you disagree with me? I'm just kidding. No, you're good. No, um, I, don't, I don't disagree. <laughs> I don't disagree she's like, with you. She's like, you. it's late. It's been like... a long day, guys. For God's sake. <laughs> like... uh, I, I honestly don't know if I personally have like my <clears throat> own definition or anything mm -hmm. on that. But I do definitely differentiate it because I've gotten to know people from... Uh, the different communities, you know, from the, the pagan standpoint and the witchcraft standpoint, and even the Wiccan standpoint. And it they all just kind of have that, like you guys kind of mentioned, that different belief system. Mm -hmm. um, where pagans kind of just almost have this, like, I do whatever I want, and maybe I'll do a spell. Where it's like, I guess this is the difference. Witch, witches are people who do the whole witchcraft thing. They live it. Where pagans are more like, that's nice. Okay. Yeah. Witchcraft well, is an active practice, while paganism is usually a passive one. There you go. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. that's fair. Not yeah. passive bad. And I'm passive not going in the to sense... say that for every single one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of more the majority of like how, like, like I said, I've gotten to know many people out there. And so that's what I've seen. The majority is kind of like, meh, where the ones I've gotten to know that are like, no, I'm a witch. I'm not a pagan. I'm a witch. It's they live it. Okay. Well, that makes sense because witch can you, manifest. You you have to do that as a witch. We, we have to live our craft. Pagan we, we have to live our practice. So no, that's good. I love that. Ariana wins. Yay! She had the best answer. What do I get? Uh, I'll, I'll give chicken you chicken nuggies. Chicken nuggies. Oh. I'll take chicken nuggies on a hug. Okay. Cool. <laughs> No, no, I'm just kidding. We these were all really good answers, you know. I mean, everybody here. Everyone I, I, gave me a look on mine, like, "Wow, I didn't expect that to come from Austin." <laughs> I'm deeper than y'all think. <laughs> yes, 
Anyway, um, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and we're going to wrap it up. Uh, we want to thank everybody for Don't listening to us blather on once again. We hope that some of the information that we discussed is of value and that it, of course, will help you to make better decisions in your own spiritual practices. So, um, again, thank you so much. This is Mike saying goodbye. Everybody else? Vlad? Bye. Austin? Stay safe, stay healthy, stay witchy. And Ariana? Bye. <laughs> thank you, everybody. We will uh, we'll catch you in the next episode.